so, Ari, you, you know, when you have discussions with our liberal friends, our friends on the left in particular, do you ever feel like you're talking to a zombie? Um, no, zombies, I, from what I understand, actually have a brain. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, yes. yes I mean, it, it's, in yeah. many ways, we call liberal zombies, right? We, we had a podcast about that, I, I think, about three years ago or so. And it was a fun one because we talked about how they, in fact, responded like zombies. Everything was the same response. There was no intellectual capacity to go beyond it. And uh, some people were insulted by it. But, you know, that's fine. But when you only when you're a one answer Charlie all the time, and and you, and you, for example, on global warming, all you think about is that the, the Earth is warming, and you keep on saying, warming, warming, <laughs> right? right? You you sound like a zombie at some point, right? I mean, you don't you don't negotiate with a zombie, right? You you double cock your your shotgun, uh, and and you you blam away. That's it. I'm not saying we should kill liberals or lefties, of course, but I'm simply saying. There's no reasoning with them, at the very least. You, we, we understand that, right? So, but this is what they do. They, they keep on saying these things, and you, you, you might as well be talking to a zombie, trying to negotiate with it. And, and that's why we call them liberal zombies, because they, they basically, you know, comport themselves like zombies. Now, you know, they don't walk around with a stiff uh, kind of gait that uh, you see from zombies and such, but, and they don't look as pasty. I, I, in a way, I wish they were, because then we would that we'd know how to deal with them one, one at a time. But there is no intellectual kind of vigor uh, within them, and I, I wish there were. But here's the question, and the topic of at least the first portion of this podcast. Why is it that we love zombie movies or zombie TV shows, right? I mean, and to a lesser extent, vampires, but really I want to focus on zombies, why is it, right, that they, they proliferate in many different ways, right? I mean, you, can you name a couple of the TV shows that are presently oh, uh, uh, on, on the air? Um, is it some, like The Wasteland or something like that? Anyway, uh, th there's, there's a bunch of them, right? Living Dead. That's or it, Living Dead, yeah. yeah. And it's not the only one. There's a movie called World War Z, for example, also about zombies. And, you know, you're dealing with these kind of people that have been bitten one way and then all of a sudden they, 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 they've lost all their humanity and they've become these monsters that just have one aim and one aim only. All right. So this, is, again, it's not about liberals per se. I, I'm asking the question, why is it that we, we gravitate toward these movies? Why is it interesting to us? You know, I'm not, I'm not a horror movie guy, generally speaking, but for some reason, zombies resonate to people and one one way or the other zombie movies are always there right it's been there for decades and it will continue on for decades to come here's my take on it i think that the reason why we gravitate to these movies is because we see in zombies this notion of humans but without any humanity at all no sense of self-awareness no sense of free will, no sense of compassion, that they're just robots. It's as if we're, we're trying to fight ourselves. And in warding off the zombies, whether by shotgun or, or you know, blasting them with a baseball bat, that we are rejecting 
a world without free will, rejecting a world without our humanity, and that we are fighting that notion all the time. Do you see where, do you see where I'm going with this? I think it, I think it frightens people. There is a, a sense that we don't want to live in that world. So it's a, it's a, it's a little hint to us. We, so it's, it's something of deep yearning within the minds and hearts of people, whether religious or not, to fight the, um, the amorphous group of former humans who have lost everything, including their souls. Right. But are wreaking havoc. Yeah. And it allows people to fight the soulless. Because, you know, it's interesting about what you're saying. A lot of times uh, our ideological opponents share the same desires we have to have a happy, good world. They, you know, as we've said over and over on this show and on your other shows and your writings over the years, we just differ greatly in how we've come to the conclusions on how to arrive at that goal. Yeah, that's right. Well, that, that's what... But the fear... That, that's what... Um, we would love to have that, that we want the same goal, but we, we have different mechanisms to get there. For example, gun control, right? We believe, sorry, they believe that the best way to uh, avoid violence like what we saw in Florida and, and many other places is to take guns away from people, that that is somehow the panacea for it. We say exactly the opposite, that the best way to deal with this is to give guns to everybody, right? So, but, but nevertheless, we, both sides want the end of any sort of shooting speech in schools, but but I disagree. Yeah, I think that's that's one microcosm, well, well, of course. In the in the classic sense, you know, we've done other shows where we've explored that a lot of our ideological opponents truly want something different than we want, and that's a separate issue. But isolating it for this conversation yeah, coming, entirely coming back to, to the people who yeah. only want what we want, who share our desire for for the right ends, a nonviolent society free of murder, mayhem, evil. Um, the the idea of the zombie invasion as part of the fantasy of, you know, escapist entertainment, and seeing the the zombie army countered effectively by good people is a satisfying thing. It's very satisfying. For, it's, for, it's a reflection of yeah. our free will. We we don't want to be lost. We don't want to lose our free will. We don't want to lose our soul. That's the, that's the thing that we're fighting for, and and is isn't it interesting like. For example, many of our gun control lefty friends, they're all about gun control, but they love the Terminator movies. They love, the, uh, they love war movies, just like you and I do, right? They, they love it. Uh, they like Star Wars. They like Star Wars. Yeah. They like James Bond movies. You name it. And, and guns, uh, you know, Mission Impossible. Uh, they like violence all the time. Yeah, it's right? funny that all those actors at all those gun control rallies are the same actors in movies where they use guns to shoot yeah, people. Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> right. Jason Bourne. Yeah. yeah. So, so all these different movies, but in the same way that these people, you know, love these movies, but but the, most of these movies are inconsistent with their own ideologies. They still love them anyway because I think the reason why is it appeals to their sense of right and wrong, of defeating bad guys. It you know, especially for men, are, are, it's in our DNA to fight bad guys, to protect in particular. And that resonates to even the liberal. So they go to the movies to escape, and they still they see something that appeals to that inner sense of them about what their actual purpose is. And that's why, you know, these, these young boys who uh, have not even been allowed to play with, with toy guns, let alone experience real guns, 
they're you know in a world onto themselves when they play into video games, right? Then then they're suddenly real heroes among their peers that they can at least uh, network with on the through the internet, right? So that that's what they do, and but it really really appeals to them, and I think the zombies part of it is the same thing, right? Here here they are, you know. Pursuing a world where if they actually got their entire way with all their legislation, not just gun legislation, but also energy legislation, pollution control, whatever you want to call it, global warming and so forth, and and Agenda 21, as we often talk about, they would ultimately be zombies at the end of the day, right? I mean, even if, I mean, at some stretch, they would, wouldn't mind having thought control. Like, for example, that I think that there's something in the Friedman crowd, the Thomas Friedman crowd, that wouldn't mind so much if, for example, they believe global warming is established fact, and they wouldn't mind making illegal the notion that you shouldn't be skeptical about global warming, because by golly, it's, it's science, it's established fact. And we can't have these people questioning that, so we'd rather you not even think about that. We, it's thought beliefs at that point. And, and obviously you can't do that, at least not now. You can't zap somebody for their thoughts, but there's something to it. I think they would like to criminalize the notion of anybody who thinks differently. Wait a minute, what's that you say? They already are starting to, to criminalize people for suggesting that uh, global warming is not real. Okay, so... And, and, and they actually want to criminalize these people because, you know, the, the threat to our planet is just so palpable and so, so real. Uh, we, we've got to do something about it. And we yeah, can't yeah. let people, you know, mix it up with us. So, and, and just getting back to zombies, then I want to hear what you want to say. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's a zombie. If you're telling people this is the way you think and this is the way I want you to march... And I don't want you to look right or left I, or up or down. I don't want you to think about your process anymore. I ju- you just need to toe the party line. And go forward. And go forward yeah. and eat those brains. <laughs> okay? That's what we want you to do. Okay? This, and, and do it at, at your own peril, even though the humans on the other side are going to shoot your, your, your head off or, you know, bash your, your zombie brains in. You will, you will die your permanent death at that point. So... That, that is something that appeals to the liberal mindset. It's very interesting. And yet, when they go to the movies, they, they of course, identify the, the humans, and God forbid that, that we live in a world of zombies who would try to you know, take away our humanity. That's, that's what they, they embrace in the movies, but when they go outside of the movies, the moment they step out of it, they, they talk like zombies. They think like zombies. They, adv- they advocate zombie policies. Yeah, do you think... Um that is one of the amazingly consistent attributes of leftism, wrongism, that ensures its failure and dooms it to failure every time. In other words, there's something that's pretty natural in the human creation that, you know, as you and I believe that God put there, that's within all of us, that when you go down the path of leftism, there's this contradiction to your natural self. Yeah. And no matter how you, much you fight it and try to overcome it with this, you know, pap, 
Right. You never can. It's like my father used to say, and he said it in, in, con- in the context of uh, communism. He said the reason why um, capitalism works is because it conforms to human nature and works with human nature and brings out the best in human nature. It, it, uh, it redirects human nature in its, its ordinary path and, and uh, exploits is the wrong word. Um, it guides us into our, to listen to the, har- our harnesses. better angels. It, it harnesses yeah. our human nature to, the better, to our better angels, as you say. Yeah. Whereas communism, and for that matter, socialism, uh, it, it expects human nature to conform to it. And I thought that was a brilliant observation. Yeah, and it also expects the worst of human nature in many ways and encourages well, and yeah, incentivizes that's a, that, it. That, that's another story. But it's, it's like the notion that, that we want humans to conform to it, that global warming is a great example of that. Yeah. Okay. So – and that, that, to answer your question, is what, why I think leftism always fails in the end. Because at some point people say, you know, this sucks, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't want to live in a high density apartment. I, I want to be able to have my, my farm in the countryside, and I want to be able to to be rich, and I want to provide for my family. And by the way, that's that's, and I love my wife, or and, and I want to, uh, you know, I want to be connected to her, right? And I want my three kids, and and I. I want to be promoted in my job. I want to be protected for my patent ideas and my copyright ideas. Um, I, I, I want to go about, you know, knowing that I'm going to be safe. These are things that don't really resonate to liberal ideology. It, they do resonate to liberals. They understand that very well, but they don't live it. And so at some point they say, this sucks. It's like all those got people who join cults. Right, they they come in with wide eyes and a lot of idealism, and then very quickly, after only a few months, they realize this sucks, and they escape, right? Having you know given all their money anyway to the cult leader, but at the very least, they escape, and now they're attacking the cults because they realize that they've been brainwashed all this time, and they really resent the cult for having done so. And and that's why you see so many uh, people like. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy, red, red diaper baby guy. What's his name? Um, Michael something. Frank Marshall Davis. That one. No, the guy who who used to be a communist, and then oh, became David a, Horowitz. David Horowitz. That, I, I thought it was Michael. David Horowitz. Right. Good example. He had, you know, communist parents. He himself was a very liberal, very lefty, and then he realized how crazy it was, and now he's with with the zealotry of a true convert now attacks the left and, and exposes them for who they really are. Whereas you don't have that, right, with the, the, the convert away from conservatism. First of all, there are very few people who embrace liberalism having been conservative. They may have been raised a conservative, you know, because their parents are. So you hear, you know, people saying, oh, yeah, I used to join the Republican kids on college and such like that. And then I, when I was 26, I became a liberal. That's a different story. I'm, I'm not talking about that. that. Those are people who are not really very knowledgeable about conservatism. But I'm talking about people like in their 50s and 60s. You don't hear people in their 50s and 60s suddenly becoming liberals, all, all of a sudden embracing uh, all the, the liberal claptrap. And the reason for that is that it, it just cuts against their human nature to do so. Conservatism, when you really understand it well, embraces the human soul. It embraces the human nature. Uh, and, and we love it for that reason. 
and by contrast, you see when people move, moving from um, liberalism to conservatism, there's a great joy, a reawakening, a, a, a born-againism that seems to be happening, right? I mean, I know that's true for you. It certainly was true for me. It was a real thrill to be able to say, wow, I was wrong. But we say it with a smile. I mean, wow, this, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I was wrong. And we enjoy the fact that we were wrong. Yeah, thank God I figured it out. Yeah. That's my reaction. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, thank God God gave me the wisdom to see the error of my ways. Thank God I changed my mind, changed my heart, changed right. my behavior. Oh, well, like, if I like, was still one of those, my yeah. life would suck. And, and it's so amazing is today where we live, you know, liberalism is absolute, total domination. But even if I stayed on that team and was surrounded by all my type now, I would still be miserable because there's no way to be happy as a zombie. Yeah, no, that's right. You, you are among other zombies. And that's it. And that's it. That is a perfect analogy um, because, well, zombieism is zombieism. It's a, it, it, no zombie ever seems to be happy. No. I mean, and not in the movies or, or otherwise. But it, it, and it's good that they never show them to be happy. That's, that's an important part. You don't see, by the way, any of the zombies, you know, maniacally planning something, right? The head zombie or anything else like that. They're just all zombies. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all miserable. And who would want to be a zombie? But nevertheless, they're now encoded or infected, better yet, with some sort of programming that requires them to uh, wreak devastation and steal uh, the souls of everyone else by biting them or what, whatever. Yeah, by conversion or killing. Yeah. Yes. So th that that is the difference, I think. And... Um, it's a great joy. And in fact, I think it's kind of well established that conservatives, conservatives by and large, are much happier than uh, liberals are. True liberals, of course. Um, and I, I'm not surprised about that at all. Why wouldn't they be? I mean, they, the whole point is that when you're conservative, you begin to see the world as it is. You, you appreciate human nature. You, you go with the flow of human nature. You don't constantly fight it, fight it, fight it. Um, so, yeah, your own and others. Yeah. yeah. So going back to the movies uh, and this notion of zombieism, uh, you know, the, the, the classic liberal, they will live the life of the zombie, pursuing the zombie pursuits. Um, and in the movies, they'll, they'll chant and, and cheer for the good guys, the humans, right? Not the zombies. And, you know, a lot of liberals listening to this will say, this is insulting. This is terribly what you're, what you're saying about me. I hope me, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not a zombie. I, I've got a mind of my own, and, and I believe in great things. You know, I'm, I want the best things, and, and, and I want a family, too. And to which we say, why? Why would you want... What's the point? What's the point? I mean, yeah. I'm talking especially the godless among you, right? Right. Uh, why, are you, you know, why are you wasting your time with yeah, such things? Why, why are you wasting time with children, by the way, right? I mean, it, I, honestly, it's, it's really fascinating. Ask your atheist friends, especially those who have children, why do you have children? You know, and, and it just watch them answer. It's, they'll, it's, they'll come up with an answer. I'm not saying that they're, they're totally flummoxed, um, but it's clear that they have never been asked the question before. Yeah, and it's certainly they, they've never be, thought about the question to themselves before. Right, and it won't be a deep or substantial answer anyway, right. because um, you know the interesting thing, the mechanics of what you've just asked is, if this life is a accidental folly, that means nothing and is filled 
entirely with agony, interrupted intermittently yet rarely with moments of joy or um, uh, uh, alcohol and drug intoxication, which gives temporary euphoria, the perception right. of temporary euphoria, right. before you go back to the misery. Right. Ending in a big nothing. Why did you bother imposing this on another generation? Yeah. What, what was the point? Exactly. That's right. Uh, I, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and because no answer they give that is satisfying in any way, and most of them will actually give a satisfying answer, will reveal, yes, their pre-existing, pre-naturally installed belief at some level in God. Exactly. Because right. it their, must. Their, their, their quest, because the only thing they can say if they're, really the only thing they can say is, well, I... I want to pass on my values to my children and make this world a better place to which you say why, why? <laughs> i mean if, if, if there's if it's all random then what's right. the point i mean what do you care yeah you're just taking up space that a nice antelope deserves right. shouldn't they so, should the habitat belong to a different species right. oh yeah you hate this whole why, why would yeah. you why would you give birth to something that would uh, spew out carbon and uh, you know maybe you know may have a great carbon footprint uh, you know and God forbid even be conservative you know whoo, oh that would be the worst yeah well if it right? owns a car what if it uses a bag okay. what well, if it uses a straw so going back to the zombie zombie movie as it were right these are these are people that uh, love uh, the, the movies of course like we you and I do so it's the same sort of thing isn't it they, they, as to children they decry children in public but in the movies so to speak they want the children so yeah. they understand that you know there's something about you know uh, you know the movie not without my daughter for example where right. right the mom does everything she can to get her her child well why what do you care yeah well, right? it's a nice islamic country the daughter will grow up with honor what are you worried about exactly exactly right and, and she's with her dad no big deal and yeah. there's plenty of other movies where you know the, the oh the Liam Neeson movies right with the Taken right well, right your daughter was kidnapped you know maybe she'll be raped horribly but you know what what do you care right <laughs> Mel Gibson uh, yeah. you know give me back my son you know right now he's conservative different, yeah, example, different example as a performer but why do you liberals why did you make that movie a hit right well, why yeah that's it's so true so people just it's just breathtaking to see that they'll like I said they'll come up with an answer but they won't. They've never asked themselves the question in the first place. They just have it. It's like, it's so funny. I mean, uh, many of my atheist friends will have, they, they won't have more than two kids, by the way. That, that, for some reason, they feel like they're being socially responsible. No, they not? get tired of the work. Well, know, and, they want the me time. And, and the expense. And the, yeah. the work and the expense. <laughs> you and I, I mean, you know, you might be, and a dear listener, you may very well not be able to have more than two kids. That's okay. But... I, I have three, and I would love six. How about that? And I know it would be tough financially and time-wise and everything else, but I would and make on, it work. And, and jokingly, on your third and fourth wives. No, I'm just <laughs> I would make it work, <laughs> right? right? Uh, my, my wife and I would make it work yes. somehow. And it would be tough work, but nevertheless, it's both an obligation and a great blessing, right? That, the notion of children. But if you don't believe in God, it ain't either. Right, I'm not obliged, and it's not a blessing. Yes. <laughs> so, oh man. Anyway, so go back to zombie land. Yeah, and, right? and again, it's just great. We, I think, one of the greatest joys of conservatism for me is seeing liberals 
embedded with that self-destruct, the philosophical self-destruct yeah. of that pre-existing God particle within them, yeah. claiming it's not there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love seeing Bill Maher. The other day, I, you know, I saw some. I don't watch his show because, you know, come on, I have enough nausea in my life. You know, in the in the news I read, but he's going on a, a jag about how atheist he is, and then he makes a, an insulting comment about us who believe in God by saying, "Oh, and your little invisible friend." Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a man who's so ignorant of every miracle around him that allows him on every Friday night to speak to millions of people through these miraculous inventions, only enabled because of the Judeo-Christian uh, tradition. Right. Right. That he totally yeah. ignores democracy, as if, freedom, as if, as wait, 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 democracy, freedom, and science. But other than that, yeah, other than that, <laughs> other than that, yeah. all of the inventions, all the technology, all the societal organization needed to have a major cable TV show distributed to millions of people who can receive it <laughs> and afford the equipment to receive it would all be there, right, in the cave, right. right? <laughs> so, so to, to quote Life of Brian, other than hospitals, science, <laughs> democracy, the freedom, the university, <laughs> art. The system and beauty and art of what has Christianity and Judaism ever given to us? The water system and indoor plumbing? Yeah, but besides that. Healthcare, Healthcare. medicine, cures. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Anyway, all right. So we're on, we're on to other things, bigger and better things. But uh, I, I want to, anyway, so I, I think we got the point clear. And I want to move on, move on to the next topic, the second half of our show, uh, which is about data. But it's interesting. Uh, it is somewhat connected to our zombie notion. Um, avoid zombie-like thinking. I guess that's the takeaway from, from the first half of this podcast. Don't be a zombie. Yeah. Okay? And, and, and if you are engaged in liberal thinking, understand that even though you yourself are a wonderful person and you yourself have free will, you yourself are very creative and you like to think of yourself as very analytical, great, no problem. But understand that adopting liberalism itself is a zombie ideology. That's that's it. Okay, that's, it. that's that's all we're saying, and it's contrary to the great creative mind that you think that you have. Got it? Good. All right. Now moving on to data, and it's somewhat related. Uh, I think we said this before, uh, Ari. At some point, uh, we talked about data. Is <laughs> what is data? Right? Data is information. You gather it up in many different ways. Facebook, of course, tries to gather up tons of data through your likes and your your fans and your commentary, for that matter. Same thing with uh, um, not uh, what's the word? Tweet at uh, Twitter. Twitter and, uh, Google, yeah. and Google, of course. All those things they're constantly following and tracking you, mostly for business purposes, but it could be used for many nefarious purposes too. So, so data, data, data. Um, and they say that data, like victims under torture, tells its interrogators what it wants, what they want to hear. Whatever they want. Whatever they want to hear, yes, right? exactly. Just so, to make it stop. Right. So yeah. this is from that quote, at least. Uh, I don't know if it's a quote directly, but I liked it so much. It's not my quote. It's from the book I just finished called World Without Mind. It's a pretty good book. Uh, it, it, tends, it tends to be liberal, but... They got some interesting points. Again, internally inconsistent with itself, but nevertheless got got it right in terms of watch out for big tech. Um, so that that's the main mission. Anyway, so as the expression goes, torture the data until it confesses. <laughs> uh, the goal is to find patterns no matter what. So we are seeing that, aren't we? Uh, global warming is a very good example of that. They. they 
they wanted to f- find an end result that says that the temperature is increasing dramatically at dangerous levels, what kind of data can we look at that promises exactly that, right? So they, I mean, it's very simple. If you, if you say A plus six, uh, sorry, okay, yeah, equals, equals, and you want the answer to be 10, okay, well, you're going to make A four, all right? So let's find the data that says that it's four. That's working backwards, of course, but that's what global warming is all about. It's all computer simulation. It's not as if it's not real observation. It's people put, you know, programming in done by humans who have no agenda whatsoever, don't you know? They they, they are totally just with it. They'll take whatever the answer might be. Yeah, and might pop they'll out. take any of the inputs possible because we found out part of what they put in the computer models as temperature data from around the world from thermometers. But then we find out, oh, but they change what the thermometer says. Yeah, of course. I mean, the it says are, 40, let's observing. make it 50. Yeah. Who's going to know? Yeah, yeah. And listen, uh, if, Ivan, go ahead and, you know, let the, you know, if you see a number that is uh, round up, okay? You go round right. up. Or you yeah, got a, you got a thermometer outdoors, move it next to the light bulb. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Then, you, then tell us the accurate reading. Yeah. So it's, it's so many flaws in this argument, but it's this notion of perfection that, 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 that there's no chance that there might be human corruption of this. Zero chance. And th- this is why, you know, I'm able to speak to people who have PhDs in global warming and such. And I say, I ask them these basic questions. Um, are, are you saying that there's no chance of human corruption? I mean, in order for this to be 100% right, then you have to believe that there's zero human corruption in the input of data here. Right, which means you need to believe that there's zero human beings benefiting right. from the data one way or another, right. and zero human, div- uh, let's say, malignant behavior. Right, no malignant know? behavior and no negligent behavior. Right. Sometimes, like you said, some people, they put the thermometer right next to their to their building because, you know, who wants to go with trips all the way outside for so far, especially when it's really cold? Yeah, into the field. So, so let's just uh, put it right next to our house, which, you know, yeah, sure, it's warmer, but I don't think it'll be that warm, much warmer. So right. who, who, who's going to know, right? Uh, we'll just report the data that we see, data, data. So th- this is, but that's, that's the way it is. They want, to conf- they, they want human beings to, to confess under torture, so to speak. Right? They, they want to find these patterns. Here's another good example. The t- whole transgender issue. Right? They want everyone to declare themselves as somehow on the spectrum of a gender. I call not, it, I've come up with a new word for that that I think you like. Flexisex. <laughs> right? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. That's good. It, meaning I can change like a chameleon based on my background. Yeah, that's right. Okay? I'm flexisex. I'm boy today, girl tomorrow, man today, yeah, yeah. woman and, later. Yeah, and it's not, yeah, it's not just you know who you are, generally speaking, but also on in the moment. Yeah, that's you, why you, I mean. might, you might have uh, <laughs> somehow be attracted to a, a man with uh, only two toes today and uh, attracted to a woman with three boobs uh, tomorrow. Right. And just between you and me, I'm going to tell everyone my flex of sex, I'm attracted to men or women with money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the will to spend it on me. That's right. <laughs> right. So, but, but, so how did they get to this nonsense, right? 57 genders and all that stuff. Because, you know, they, they decided, that, yeah, he likes us. 
because they decided that uh, you know they spoke to a few people the da the data right and the data and and they said you know once in a while I'm interested in you know I can see, like a man I can see him as, as being attractive even the, you know they're obviously speaking to a guy and I can see objectively that he's attractive well you know you, can you imagine kissing him well you know I, would it be offensive to you if you I'd, offensive no but I don't see it but that's not my well but it's possible is it possible yes okay. There's the data for you. Then he's gay. Boom. Right. Sudden, or, or at least bisexual <laughs> yes, or trisexual exactly. or quadrisexual or whatever they yeah. call it. You know, and, and they have such crazy names, but that's another story. So you can force these, these patterns and suddenly they're proclaiming to the world based upon, uh, you know, a couple of people that they spoke to that, uh, that this is the way life is, that everyone's, you know, on the spectrum. Right. Whereas, you know, the reality of the day is that you, you, you barely see anybody who is truly a transgender person. I, I, I literally do not know the last time I saw a transgendered person. Well, Barack, that's because, you know, you know these transgendered people are living under fear all the time, and, uh, and, and they, you know, they dress up in the unwanted clothing that they would rather not be in. Um, they would this, that, that transgender person would rather be wearing women's clothing, but... You know, society doesn't allow him to. To which I say, "What you talking about, Willis?" They celebrate him, and and they expect you they know, and elevate they him. elevate him. Yeah. Oh, He's sir, what can we do? Stunning for you? and brave, sir. Sportsman of the Year award. Exactly. Right. Wait, I thought he was a woman. Now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. And he prefers to be called Caitlin now. Thank you. Uh, so, and and you're supposed to clap as they pass by. I mean, really, just. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then they tell you how oppressed they are. Yeah. Well, with what celebrity uh, adoration? Yeah. And uh, and you know the the joke. Uh, oppressed, I, oppressed like Muslims are oppressed today. Yeah. Right? And, and, <laughs> on the college campus. Yeah, yes. Exactly right. Yeah, and, sure. and I always like jokingly say to you, well, if you're not seeing them, then you're not hanging out in the same neighborhoods I am. But right. th we digress. You know, right, you don't exactly have as much right. time to traipse around Los Angeles. <laughs> and to say nothing of the fact that the neighborhoods that you go to, since you are transgendered yourself. Uh, no. Okay. No. Flexi. Flexi sex. <laughs> Flexi sex. No, but I mean, they, they, they might want to congregate in certain areas. I mean, if you were to go to, to Castro Street on, in San Francisco and and West Hollywood here in Los Angeles, you would conclude that everyone is gay. Yes. Right. I mean, yeah, a but, good ninety percent of the America. Yeah, boom, must be gay. Must be gay. There you go. Because yeah. I'm just taking and they're lovely neighborhoods. Ra random sampling, and uh, you know, the ninety percent are gay, one way or the other. Yeah. So. <laughs> And obviously that would not be accurate. So, you know, the, the transgender stuff, though, I mean, really, just your day-to-day -day existence, going about... I travel all over Los Angeles, which is a fairly liberal city, right? And I, fairly. I got I, I to tell you, I, I think I've seen in the past, let's say, six months, I've seen one person that is clearly transgendered, meaning that he was a man wearing women's clothing and clearly wanted to be... It wasn't doing it as a lark. It wasn't like Halloween or something, right? So, and, and as far as a woman is concerned, I suppose there, it's a little bit more difficult because she can just be butch and just be a lesbian and still identify as female and not transgendered. But you get the idea. There's, there was nothing that was clearly indicative to me of a transgender person. There's very few of them. And as, I, as we already calculated, it's one out of every 35,000 people identifies as the opposite sex and to some degree only. Okay, not 100% of the time, just to some degree. Um, and, and yet the data, they, they insist that we must think this way. Now they, they are torturing the data to confess, as it were. 
that the whole society, all of society, must now think in terms of transgenders, as if, as if everyone around us is transgendered. Yeah, well, they're, just, I, that's I just don't down the know. That I and just, they're all suffering. Well, they're all being discriminated against, and right. they're all suffering. Well, I'm, I just got a report hot off the presses. It's right here. Yeah. Uh, new definition of transgender or flexisex. Anyone who's eaten soy in the last 10 years. Ah. Soy sauce, soybeans, edamame, wait tofu. That means I, wait, you, what, what, I, everyone in your family. You so. know what? It's high time that transgenders get their rights, damn it. Right. Suddenly I'm I, happy to say I have consumed no soy, so I'm just flexisex. You are transgendered. <laughs> <laughs> but that's oh, what we're man. talking about here. Because I'm sure sooner or later some college campus will have an actual study that will determine anyone who's consumed any soy products in the last, you know, Five decades. Right. Now has now has a high estrogen level. Yeah. And thus <laughs> transgender. Uh, so right. So right. It's uh well that might explain why the male sperm count is so low they, you know, in the past uh, what, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Peak uh, soy. I don't know yeah. soy. I think I, I but that's another reason. I, yeah. I think that the growth hormones and uh, you know the, a lot of the, the female hormones that are pumped into meat is just horrific. Yeah, and dairy, and obviously, yeah. get, you know, we're getting off subject, but it, it, there are explanations for this growing. Uh, plastics in, yes. oh, and uh, water uh, pharmaceuticals bottles. in the water, uh, hormones in the food supply, whether it's even sure. vegetables that, which are fertilized with stuff that came through the bodies of yep. meat. Good point. Uh, you know, uh, chemical fertilizers, chemical uh, uh, pesticides. Um, uh, the show on NBC, This Is Us, yep. that can cause high estrogen <laughs> levels and low sperm counts in men. But it's funny, it's funny you say that because let's get back to the uh, to the data that confesses under torture, right? So that the TV show, This Is Us, right? Describe uh, describe if you will, because I, I I know a little bit about it, but you know more because you know you're you're a fan of such crazy stuff. So go ahead and describe what this is us. Okay. Is. Uh, can, can I preface this that I'm going to do a liberal thing here, which is I'm going to speak about something I know almost nothing about. Using expert talker as if I know everything about right. it. Because I'm one of those people that I believe that I know everything about every movie or TV show I've seen a commercial or preview for without actually watching the show. You know, you just ask your co-host to keep things short and <laughs> to the point, and instead he gives you his life story. Okay, it's Would a, you just it's, tell me what this is It's the this modern is about? version of 30-something. Okay. Mixed you. with, uh, remember that movie um, where, uh, you know, people go around, I think it was Grand Canyon or something. No, that was um, Lawrence Kasdan. But that other one, uh, Crash, where it shows like different storylines that sort of intermingle with each other. Yeah. And, and it's entirely about feelings. And I believe on the show, because I've only seen the commercials, that nothing happens except for like someone dies of cancer or some a teenager smokes pot oh, but, or someone why is gets drunk. This is us because it's about many it's about normal Americans who are. A reflection of our diversity is our strength. I see. So, so I think black, white, Hispanic, uh, handicapped, uh, yeah, transgender. A, a, of course, a, the white male is the is the lobe sperm count beta cuck white male. Right. Uh, the the ethnic uh, groups that have males in them that are of darker complexions have higher testosterone levels, yeah. but are still sensitive. The feminist has a high testosterone level, so she's more masculine. Right. And there are, of course, a melange of characters with uh, alternative gender lifestyles and preferences okay. so, and so, orientations. So let's move on to the, the data confessing until under its torture. 
So here's, here's another. <laughs> I'm moving. I'm moving on there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so so another good example of that is this whole uh, alleged pay discrimination between men and women, right? So here's a great example of how they just forced the data. And this was an easy one. What they did is they took all salaries of all women in America and versus all, and they averaged that out. And they took all salaries of all men in America and they averaged that out. And they compared the, th the two numbers, right? <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> and then... And then they concluded, with their, with their brilliance, you understand, that's, that a woman earned, on average, of course, 76 cents for every dollar that a man made. Yeah. All right? Let me so, guess, they brilliance. also included housewives who have no income in the number to no, drop no. down the... No, anyone making any money whatsoever. Oh, okay, so okay. only the employed... Uh, yeah. I give them credit for only counting the employed in the study of employment. Right. Well, they didn't have to go. By the way, had they found that it was exactly on par with each other, they would have gone to the housewife and made it, made it lower. Because if they said it was only 20 cents for every dollar, everyone would, would laugh at them out, right? <laughs> right. So they, they, they stuck with uh, the actual income-earning people. Uh, never mind, of course, all the, the ways to, to contort that. They took, they, they took the part-time people. More, more women engage in part-time work, which tends to pay less. In fact, always pays less than full-time workers. Uh, more women tend to take uh, less risk-averse jobs, which tends to pay less, right? More women um, tend not to be the breadwinner of the family. Therefore, it tends to pay less. So uh, many, many teachers, for example, high school teachers or elementary school or so on, they may very well be married to a man who is the major breadwinner and they want to live in a very nice house and such. And the woman wants to keep busy and she you know, loves teaching and she's pursuing what she wants to do. Or social work, right? You know, you can't do very much on a teacher's salary. You can't do very much, even less, on a social worker's salary. So, and, and surprise, surprise, most of these social workers are, are women. I mean, I, I think 90%. And it's, it's, they're not looking to, to, uh, to, to become rich becoming a social worker, right? And a man can't think that way. So he tends to, because he's got to be the provider, right? A woman doesn't go in to social work thinking, I'm going to be a great provider one day with my social work skills, right? They don't. I mean, I, I say it with love because I, I know many women, including my wife, who are trained as social workers. I, and we need them. I, God bless them for, for what they do. But let's, let's face it, okay? I mean, we couldn't live where we live um, on my wife's salary, uh, with a social, as a social worker, when she was a social worker. So, so basically what you're saying is, in this case, the data wasn't necessarily tortured. It was just maybe waterboarded a couple times. <laughs> yes, that's right. Because water, right. waterboarding is okay. Right. That's good. I like that. It wasn't real torture. Right. <laughs> it, was, so, it was government sanctioned. Right, right. Uh, discomfort. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But it still confessed. It confessed. A couple of yeah, it, 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 it said what it wanted to say. Yeah. You know, so... And, and it's always so funny because, like, um, and, and then this, this, this alleged claim that women are suffering in society and girls are suffering in society, education, you go girl, girl power and all that stuff. STEM, STEM. Right, right exactly right. And boys, but, but the reality is, of course, boys are suffering. Men are suffering. We and women were, don't want to do math. And, and, and yeah, and, and, but yeah. they just want to uh, they force the data into a way to say that the women are somehow suffering. It's really remarkable. 
And I always joke around, by the way, it's well known, it's well established, we all agree, that uh, girls mature faster than boys, right? But if for some reason life had it or science had it or whatever, that men, that boys matured faster in this present day world, you would, you can bet your, what is it, dogs to donuts or whatever is, uh, that women would be proclaiming from the tops of the hills, this is all cultural and uh, girls should be able to mature just as, as fast as boys. And it's only because men are suppressing them and keeping them down, but because girls are, in fact do mature faster biologically than boys, no one says anything. They just say, well, that's just science, right? But when it comes to where boys are better, you know, science and math and logic and things like this. And being a soldier, well, fireman, oil worker. Yeah, yeah. EMT. Or, or courage or whatever it might yeah. be. Well, then that's that's a product of cultural uh, insens- insensitivity. Yeah, suppression. women can work on a construction crew and carry 80-pound bags of yeah. cement just as well as any man can. Exactly right. Just as well. You see, but, but it's funny. So, so they torture this data. Wherever it is, because I don't, I don't know, I don't even know where the data is, but they must have been able to find like ten very strong women. It's not, not, not very hard to do that, right? And compare it to, you know, six or seven really weak men, and say, you see, women can not only be as powerful as men, but even stronger. Don't you know, right? And while wh- wh- while they're at it, why don't they just, you know, have uh, a woman who's uh, twenty-five years old and compete with a boy who's six years old? Right? Then you really have no problem at all because, of course, the woman will be stronger and more powerful and faster and, and for that matter, brighter. So, and then they'll proclaim that somehow they're being suppressed because the science, the data, the data and the data that shows that, in fact, they're suffering. So, so are you with me on this? So you, can, you can torture the data any way you want. And it's a form of manipulation. But I would even go, go further than that, Ari. I would say it's a form of dictatorship. It's a form of imposing the science, scientific dictatorship upon us, just like global warming is. That's truly scientific dictatorship. We are, you must believe this. You will believe it. And not only that, but you will act upon it. And we will, we will force you to do so. And you'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, another thing is, of course, gay marriage. Right. This is, here's this, this principle of gay marriage where somehow the, the, the gays are clamoring for gay marriage. Okay, that they just yeah somehow totally promiscuous men right. who've decided to that their pathway towards uh, flexi sex pleasure is through other promiscuous men are suddenly clamoring to shack up right. and and uh, nest right I, I mean like I, I, you I know just, what I want to hmm. do after years of partying in the clubs I want to sit on an egg in a nest. <laughs> You know, How about no? Right. And look, and no doubt, it's not, not zero. It's not that there aren't any of them. Right. You know, and they're portrayed on both shows like This Is Us, American Family. Okay, oh, great. Okay, whatever. Right. But the, uh, it's so funny. I have two gay friends who one tells me, and they're both comedians and they're both really funny. They both tell me is, what the hell would I ever want to be married for? I went into this just so I could party and be irresponsible <laughs> on the first hand. And the other one says, huh. you know... Why would I ever want to get married and and be part of like society? I became gay to piss off my parents and be a renegade. Oh, I see. It was my only way to be a renegade. I'm yeah. this five foot two, really kind of feet weakling, and I could suddenly be a renegade by being gay. And now they want me to get married. Well, that, that's that's interesting. You just brought that up because okay. So in addition to the fact that very few gay 
men especially actually want to get married, but they made this a whole a whole uh, cause celebre, of course, yeah. just like the transgender thing. It's just the numbers just don't bear it out. But they make they they force the data to confess to say that they do want it, that everyone, this is like the most primary thing that they've ever thought about. But you ask the general, you know, everyone's, uh, contrary to, to transgender people, you know, everyone knows somebody who's gay or lesbian, right? You ask those people, especially the gay men, uh, is this really important to you? And they'll say, well, at best, this is what they'll say, Ari. They'll say, listen, I don't want it. It's not really that important to me, but... I don't want that right taken away from me. Yeah, I'm glad that's an option. I'm glad that's yeah, right. Thing. But it's not really important to them. Yeah. It's it's like, um, you know, someone takes, I don't really care to wear the color pink, okay, myself, right? Yeah. But I wouldn't like a law saying that I, Barack Lurie, am not allowed to wear pink, right? I, I you know, I get that. I get that yeah. in principle. But it, that law wouldn't really affect me very well. It's not powerful. So anyway, so going and yet you know what's interesting also is uh, you know the whole argument that our leftist always friends always say uh, that men and women are the same. They continue that line of thought into the gay community, which is well, you know, gays and lesbians are the same. No, no way, not at all. No. First way. of all, there are far fewer lesbians. The people who become lesbian in many cases suffered a form of abuse at the hands of a male somewhere in the family. It, a lot of the, times, a yeah. lot of times it's just expected. And a lot of times, and male the numbers hating. are much smaller. But it's lesbians who tend to want to get married, which is totally understandable. And th- this is what we talked about earlier, right. about that little God nugget within all of us. It's human nature. Because isn't it part of human nature's for females to create family systems and nest and right. shack up and do things right. that are in the context of getting married? Well, it's a very good example of that. Wait, wait, at Saturday Night Live, they had a very good skit about exactly that. It was called something about Fire Island. I guess there's a, a famous place, a gay island. Yeah, it's a gay vacation okay. place on the East Coast. Well, you would know because you go there of all course. the time. Yeah. Anyway. Want to so. come this year? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, anyway, sure? I have some great guys for you to meet. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure that would be very great. Anyway, you can bring your parents. <laughs> so, so they have this episode, this skit, right? It's on Fire Island, and and half the island is is male gays, and half the island is female gays, <laughs> right? And and so they see you go to this. This uh, the, the male side first, and it is party central, and they are just having a good time, and you know men are like you know what are you, rubbing against each other constantly, and and it's it's like they're practically having sex right in front of everyone, and and it's like Queen music is playing, and um, relax, don't do it, you know by whatever that group is. Frankie uh, goes, goes to Hollywood. Hollywood. That's yeah. fun. And and then uh, and then it quickly cuts all of a sudden to the lesbian side of that, and they're all like. In this room, and they're all brooding, and they're all—they're all have a, you know their their adopted kid somewhere, and <laughs> they're and, reading books, <laughs> and they're they're talking about their feelings. It's it was hysterical, and, then, <laughs> and, and kudos to Saturday Night Live to really kind of call it like it was, right? Very different. So that's to your point, but interestingly, uh, you you made a passing reference about your comedian friend, your gay comedian friend, who said he he went this way to piss off his parents, right? Now, I don't know if, you, if he was kidding or you're kidding or whatever, but, 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 that's not where I'm going. The point is uh, that it's, it invokes the concept of, of uh, homosexuality as a choice, right? Now, no doubt, some men, especially men, are born gay, okay? They're, they, they just never had an interest in a single woman. They see women the way that you and I see each other, like, you know, just... I like to be around you. Don't want yeah. to be in bed with you. Right. We hang out. Right. 
we could talk about <laughs> similar issues. And so, but that's the way they view women. They, they yeah. see, you know, they, they connect to women that way. But they're actually attracted to men. They're, it's biologically inside uh, the way they, they feel. Got it. But there are a lot of gay men that uh, even buying their own uh, language, there's a spectrum, supposedly, right? Well, if there's a spectrum, that means that some of these men are choosing to engage in homosexual activity, at least from time to time, right? They might be bisexual. By definition, they're choosing constantly, right? There's, it's not as if uh, they have sex with a woman and then say, well, now I'm forced to have sex with a man. Now, now that I've had sex with a man, now I have to go back to a woman. They don't, no, they choose by definition, right? So some men are choosing uh, the gay lifestyle. And maybe your friend did exactly that in order to piss off his parents or to be different or just to do a big up you to society. Who knows? And who cares, frankly? But they don't, the, the world doesn't like that. The left doesn't like that. They want to make it very clear that homosexuality is not a choice and they will force the data until it confesses to do exactly that. Okay? They will ignore anything that says otherwise. Uh, in the lesbian scene, I don't know how they could possibly argue that because uh, a lot of times it is a choice. I just learned of a, of a good mutual friend of my, my wife and I. Uh, she's an amazing talent in what she does. I, w I won't even say what profession she's in. Um, but she's a professional, like a doctor, a lawyer, that, one of those people. And uh, she's got three uh, children. And she announced very proudly, by the way, that she's a lesbian. Like, she chose to be gay. She hated her ex-husband, and she hated, you know, she, she has had a very bad experience with men. She used to be attracted to men, and she's decided, you know what, I'm just not having a good experience with men. I'm going with women. Okay, what's wrong with that? And she'll probably agree with that. She, wasn't, she, she won't say that she was biologically uh, fixed to become a lesbian. At best, she'll say that she's bisexual. But again, that implies a choice. So, but, but you won't hear that from the gay community. No, 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 no. You can't choose that. So what you're saying, to connect sort of both subjects, the data is tortured, doesn't reflect reality, especially in all circumstances. Right. Meanwhile, the zombie army insists that the torture data is, is the truth data. Uh, is the, uh, uh, what's, what's the word they always use for data? The, uh, you know, for, for uh, global warming, the... Um, you know, referring to it very specifically, it's the, you know... The science bears it out or... Yeah, something like that, yeah. you know. Yeah, you, you, empirical evidence. Empirical, yeah, yeah. yeah empirical It's data. all empirical there. Right. And, and then it's so empirical to them that there's no choice in the matter that for, in California at least, if you, you cannot offer psychological services to help a man who doesn't want to be gay, doesn't want to have the yeah, inclination. He, he has the choice. This is so funny. Yeah. He has the choice to get married or not. Right. But he doesn't have choice. The choice he doesn't. Right. Forget the the provider. Right. The the man doesn't have the choice to seek out a provider to help him ungay if he chooses and wants to be ungay. Right. Right. Yeah. You. you, you One's to... gay. You're stuck. Right. Being gay. It's so funny. Like they proclaim such anger at at uh, the, the notion of abortion not being available for everyone in the yeah, in, in the United choice, States, right? Pro choice. Pro choice. And we, and we say very plainly to them, listen, if you just give it to the states, well then. That's that's then of course Utah will probably be uh, anti-abortion, but uh, Arizona right next door, so you can go next door to do that. No, that's too much of a burden. Well, wait a minute. If the if the guy, if a if a gay gay man doesn't want to be gay anymore and he wants psychological, he thinks that might be a good route. Well, then he has to go to Arizona to do that. 
I mean, a different that, state. Right? He, has, he has to go to Sweden to do it. Yeah. Remember Dr. Rene Richards or whatever? That's you right. Know? Good point. <laughs> you used to have to go to Sweden to get a sex change or Thailand. Right. Now you can do it anywhere. So, so you see, you see, folks, how we're just we're just thinking it through, right? We're just analyzing. We're, we're finding inconsistencies and how that it, it, the data don't match. We're right? just unshackling the data. From we're the unshackling rack. it. That's right. Yeah. And we're freeing the data, so to speak. And you need to work with your own data, interpret it yourself. Don't don't torture it until it confesses, as it were. And don't be a zombie. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week. 